I can't believe there are so many people, Solomon said. It's like a fire hazard, Elijah said. Everything in this space was tight. The tables clothed in iridescent purple covers and gold runners and the wooden bench-like seats were separated by a slither of space. Those who waited tables wore black robes, black tunics, and purple ephods, and their attire illuminated the light that emanated from the massive flames. They seemed to float like Levitical servants as they squeezed around the tables and the guests with tight lips and strained expressions. Good thing we have reservations, Marshall said when he returned. Otherwise, we otherwise we would be leaving because they're not taking any more names. Those waiting have a two-hour wait. Who waits two hours, Elijah said. I will wait that long, Jersey said. Marshall gave her a funny look and Jersey shrugged her shoulders. I would, she repeated. Solomon said, wonder if they're watching a cow getting cooked. He nodded his chin towards the fireplace. Well, let's hope the food is better than the decor, Marshall said. Jersey stood on tiptoes and tried to see over the heads of those collected near the fireplace. She gave up after she figured it out. I bet you they're over there talking to the prophet. Why don't they go over there one by one, Elijah said. Probably because they're trying to free up the table, Solomon said. When Marshall returned, they didn't wait long. The maitre d', a dark-skinned man, came up with a bunch of menus. He flashed pearly white teeth. Good evening, he said with a sophisticated demeanor that didn't match the restaurant. Good evening, Marshall said. Is this your first visit dining here at Belle Savon? The maitre d' asked. The Roosevelt's replied in unison, yes. Well, welcome, he said. Then he bowed. My name is Brock and I'm a believer. Are you believers? They all looked surprised at the question. Believers of what? Solomon asked. Of God. Any God. The divine, Brock said. He threw his hands in the air in a nonchalant manner that suggested it was so. We don't go to church, Marshall said. We're believers, Jersey interjected. They did believe in God. Perhaps they weren't avid churchgoers, but they weren't heathens either. They followed Brock down the long the long restaurant. As they squeezed between the tables, Brock spoke, spoke above the den. Every person that works for Balsafon descended from one of the tribes of Israel. I'm from the tribe of Benjamin. The owner of this fine establishment is a direct descendant of Moses. His great-great-great-great-grandfather made it to Mount Sinai, but he never made it to the land promised to Jacob and Abraham. Jersey half listened. She glanced about the darkness, looking for Charlene and Larry, but it was too dark and crowded to make one to make out one face from another. How do you prove you're a descendant of Israel? Elijah asked when they arrived at the table. It's simple, Brock said, because our stories have lasted for generations and generations and generations and generations. Oh, that explains everything, Marshall said with sarcasm. We're looking forward to a good message, Jersey said after she gave Marshall an annoyed look. And a good meal, Elijah added as they took their seats. Brock continued to speak as if he was giving a performance. You will see the prophet twice. After he's finished with those at the fireplace, he'll come around with your waitress and introduce himself. Later, before you do dessert, you, your family will take their place in front of the fire. You can rub the god Beor. The prophet likes that. Your waiter tonight will be Miriam, he added. And then he departed. The fireplace was the center of peace of the restaurant. It wasn't far from any of the tables. The tables was on the opposite side. Their table was on the opposite side of the room, but only two or three tables down. They had a good side view of the fireplace, but all they could see was the black was the backs of the people that crowded around. They waited a long time for their waitress to appear, and as they waited, the crowd the crowd started to die down. They could see glimpses of the prophet seated in the chair, and as they and as the 
seated in a chair wearing a black jacket and a white shirt. Eventually, they spotted Charlene and Larry at the fireplace. Charlene held her hair high in the air and gazed for a second right at Jersey with a smile. Jersey smiled back. They're about to get their word, Jersey said. Well, let's hope the news is still good, Marshall said. Charlene rubbed the bronze statue, then, then Larry, and their friends all rubbed the statue that sat on the little table next to the prophet. The prophet didn't look like a prophet, and for a moment, George Jersey wondered if he was actually the prophet until Charlene bowed. He looked like an average man. He wasn't very tall, thin, and wore a black beret, a black jacket, and a white shirt. Not the priestly garb the waiters and the waitresses wore. He had a cheerful expression as he spoke to Charlene, then Larry. They must have gotten a word, a good word, as they looked quite happy. This gave Jersey hope that they would receive a good word. Looks like they received a good word, Jersey said. Yep, it appears so, Marshall agreed. After a few other couples greeted the statue and spoke with the prophet, he disappeared. He reappeared a while later and started going from table to table with a waitress or a waitress. Until finally, Miriam arrived at their table with the prophet. Miriam, I'm here to take your order, she said, and this is Balaam. Later, he will give you a message from, from the, the divine. Balaam bowed his head up and down, and then he stood with his hands before him. He stared at each of them before he spoke. You, sir, he said, gazing at Marshall, you have a photo of a family that you took, of your family that you carry with you. It's your favorite photo. Marshall looked at Jersey surprised. I do, he said. May I see it? The prophet asked. Marshall reached in his pocket and pulled out the photo from his wallet. It was a photo of him, Jersey, and the boys. It was his favorite photo because it was taken at, taken at, in his mother's tiny apartment a few days before she suddenly died from a stroke. The prophet gazed at the photo and smiled. Remember your mother on that great day when God picks you up and cradles you in his arms. He'll take you as his own because of the prayers of your mother. He'll have, a, he'll have a lot to pick up, Marshall replied. Jersey and the others laughed at the response. That great day seemed so far away, but they were grateful to know that Marshall would be in God's hands. Can I start with your drinks, Miriam asked. I have a cold beer and an ice glass, Marshall said. You are very, you're very brave, Mark Bellum said with a smile. An icy glass for a cold journey. Jersey thought the saying odd, and she gazed at Balaam with confusion. Then she turned to Marshall, but he nodded his head as if he agreed. I better wear a coat, he said. What's your favorite color, Balaam asked. Blue, Marshall returned. Blue it shall be then. Until you see him, you won't need that coat or a covering. May I, may I hold on to this photo until you meet me at the fireplace? He held up the picture. Marshall glanced from his menu up to the photo, and after a moment, he replied, Sure. Elijah ordered an iced tea. The prophet said, Refreshing. You'll be a strong force for your mother. I already am, he said. Indeed, you are, the prophet agreed. Then he cast his eyes on Solomon. Nior, Solomon said. He smiled first at Miriam and then the prophet. Ah, blood red wine for the strongest in battle. You will give your brother a double portion of your strength, the prophet replied. You both will be like like Joshua and Caleb. Solomon raised his brow with some curiosity. He knew Joshua and Caleb were Bible stories, but that was the extent of his knowledge. Still, he liked those words. Thank you. Thank you, he said, and he bowed his head, grateful for the compliment. Jersey went last. I have a Moscato, she said. It sounded refreshing. A sweet toast to a new journey, the prophet said, and then he departed. Jersey liked 
Just like that, he was gone into the next onto the next table. Jersey lost was lost in her thoughts. While they ordered their entrees, she tried to decipher the prophet's words. She wondered about the journey she would be on, and she wondered why Marshall needed a coat. She tried to pay more attention to the menu while Marshall and Elijah placed their orders for lamb and rice. It was difficult for her to focus, and when Solomon ordered an entree of meatballs and sweet potatoes with salad and hummus, she ordered the same. After she had placed her order, she stared at the pictures. She stared at the pictures of blue doves on the front cover. She thought them odd and out of place. The prophet's words still fluttered in her mind until Marshall interrupted her thoughts. The menu, Jersey, Marshall said. Oh, yeah, she said. And she handed the menu to Miriam's outstretched hands. Miriam said after dessert, you'll go up and you'll meet the prophet. We have to rub that little gold statue. Seems like idolatry, Solomon said. Miriam laughed. It's customary for you to rub the god of Beor before you receive the message, but you don't have to. I won't be rubbing the statue, Marshall said. Me either, Jersey said. Elijah and Solomon both agreed with their parents. I just want to hear the word from God, Jersey added. She was glad they would see the man again and receive a real message. She hoped it would be so, wouldn't be so obscure. She wanted clarity, a regular message, something with love, kindness, or even prosperity. Nearly an hour later, it was their turn to go up to the fireplace. They got up and stood before the flames. They watched as those before them rubbed the statue and then stood side by side, holding hands as the prophet gave them a word. Finally, they stood right before the prophet. He smiled at them. You didn't rub before, Balaam said. And then again, but then again, your message came from the west. Usually I get messages from the north and the south or the east. Very rarely do I receive a word from the West. Come, come. Don't be afraid. Come, come, come closer. Marshall stepped out and reached for Jersey's hands. Solomon and Elijah stood on opposite ends. Solomon grabbed Jersey's hands and squeezed. Elijah took Marshall's hands. They looked like a tight family connected together, and that made Jersey feel extra warm inside and even brought tears to her eyes. Everything was just so perfect. God is pleased with the work you have done, Bellum said to Marshall. Unfortunately, you will have to be prepared for the dark angel. He will knock three times before this year is over. Then he glanced between Marshall and Jersey with sincerity on his face. Your love will bind you and your children together and make you all one, he added. That was it. Those were the words spoken that night, just three months before. Jersey ran her hands across the the blue doves on her black dress. She grabbed her son's arms, opened the door, and although it was daylight, she stepped outside into the darkness, into the waiting blue limousine, satisfied she'd gotten the color right.